Hey, everybody, this is Johnny Gioelli from Hardline, Axel Rudy Pell, Crush 40, and so many other projects. 95 albums. Can you believe that? But you're watching me right here on CMS TV. Rock out, people. And I, of course, am Chris Aiken, and it is, um, I guess it's our quarterly time now to do this once again with the great Jeff Scott Soto as a new album, a new project, a new band uh, called uh, Art of Anarchy, of course. Uh, new album is called Let There Be Anarchy, and here he is, the anarchist himself, Jeff Scott Soto. Jeff, how are you, man? I'm eating the archer of anarchy right now. A little beef stick. <laughs> nice. We've, we've, done, we've done enough of these interviews, Chris. That I can I can actually cook dinner, make dinner, watch Survivor if I have to. It's we've gotten to the point where we're so comfortable with each other that I'm going to eat my beef stick while we're actually talking about the new album. But hey, luckily, you didn't you didn't have a a senior moment and call it Art of Apollo or Sons of Anarchy, and yeah. it's 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 really going it's getting out of hand now with with all these comparison names. Well, and I have to do, first of all, you've gotten the uh, Sons of Anarchy, what, a thousand times? I've seen it in print, for God's sakes, people are writing. I even, yeah, I've even said it accidentally. I've had the Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> well, well especially in the beginning, because th this man was active when Sons of Apollo started. Right. So it was easy when people were talking around about Art of Anarchy with Sons of Apollo to say Sons of Anarchy. Right. <laughs> Too funny, man. Well, dude, let's dig into this. Um, let's do it. I, you made me aware of this and, and I want to actually absolutely curse you for this. You made me aware of this like four months ahead of the announcement. Yeah. And it killed me not to tell anybody I honored it, <laughs> but, but dude, I kept, I, I, I have, I have a lot of friends that love sons of Apollo and they kept, and they know that I know you, and they were constantly like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I was, and I just kept saying, you'll hear soon. You'll hear soon. And they're like, well, you know something, don't you? And I was like, you'll hear soon. You'll hear but soon. Dude, you your, your beard was dark the last time I told you. I don't know what, I, what I did to you. <laughs> it was holding <laughs> that information. It aged me. <laughs> 
but I, I will say, dude, I'm very happy for you with this project. It's a, it's definitely a high profile thing and it's definitely for you know, my personal taste in what you do. It's, right. it's great to see you doing something high, high profile to, to balance out the high level of work that you do. So let's, let's dig into this, man. Tell me a little bit about how this came to be and we'll answer and answer the rumors as well. Is this a replacement for sons of Apollo? Yeah. I'm not getting along, you know, all that crap. No, no, no. That's coming from all sides. And yeah, we, we can absolutely dispel that because there's, there's nothing to dispel really, but let's, let's start with what you were originally saying. I love this band. I love the music of this band. When I first heard it, obviously when we were starting the first Sons of Apollo tour, um, they were just finishing what ended up being the cycle for the last version of the band with, uh, with Mr. Stapp. And unfortunately, the cycle didn't end on a positive note, and uh, it led to where, you know, it led to years of litigation, basically. Right. So there was no real intent, or I don't even think they were planning to continue after they lost Wyland. I, I think it was just an extension of, shall we, should we, and it happened. And after the staff thing, they just said, that's it, I think we're done. So when I started talking to Ron about it on the first Sons of Apollo tour, I said, man, the, the material is so good. I, I really dig the songs. And, and some of the stuff actually reminded me of what I was already doing with Soto. And that's why I initially even said I would have loved to have heard my voice sound like on this because it reminded me what I was trying to do with Soto and what we were doing with Soto. It was just the heavier side of what I do and how I do it. And it just kind of fell, yeah, what a pity. I don't think it's going to continue. Uh, let's fast forward to 2020 when we were sidelined on the Sons of Apollo second tour. We, we did four shows out of a, a run that we were supposed to be doing in Europe and uh, the other side of the world there. And as we were all locked down, you know, I was like everybody else. We had no idea how long this was going to last, what what we we're going to do in between, how whatever. And just catching up with Ron, I just said, you know, we were, he was talking about what the, what the that part of the litigation and things were going on, and obviously that's going to be on hold because there's no courts or anything open or happening right that right there and then. And I said, man, this, what a pity that I, I I almost feel as bad that. The, the, the albums didn't resonate as well as they could have, as I felt that the band should have had a little more legs to them based on the circumstances. Right. And, and I reminded him again, I would have loved to have heard what I, my voice would have sound like on, on that material. And he said, well, you know, we, we still write, I still keep in touch with the Bodas and, and I got a couple songs. I can send them your way if you want to mess around with them and see what happens. And there was, there was no context of, Hey, we're looking for a singer, and I wasn't like, "Hey, let's try to get the band back together." It was more just like in passing. We were looking for things to pass the time. We we're using our creativity to as more as a therapy. Of you know, we're stuck at home. We, we're not used to this as musicians, and so we it, it turned out one, two, three songs, and next thing you know, we had like almost two albums worth of material. And by the time we got to two thousand twenty-two. And the world was opening back up. It's like, guys, we got to do something with this. This is real. It's turned into something real. And that's where we finalized it and, and it turned into uh, Let There Be Anarchy. So it wasn't, there was no real, it, it wasn't, let's get the band back together uh, ideal behind it. It was more so, uh, we, we were just working on songs, working on music, and it clicked. And we all really, we, we didn't just dig what we were doing. We loved what we were doing. So that's where it turned into what it is. Right on. So I, I'm I'm I think I know the answer to this, but I'll ask it. 
is this a new are you treating it as a new band or are you treating it as a continuation where when you do play shows you'll play the older stuff as well this is a continuation by by all uh intents and purposes the, the, this is the in my interpretation in my involvement the the extension of the band where the the band should be if if the band were to continue this is where i wanted to do and what i wanted to do with it uh, i didn't want to come and change it they didn't want to come and make me sing like Stapp or wyland we this is just our version and, and interpretation of where we feel the band should be if the band were to continue and i, I i'm so proud of what i contributed to it I, i'm proud of the the creativity that they allowed me to bring into it because by no stretch is me just singing what they send me like here, you know, connect the dots and fill in the, uh, the paint by numbers type of thing. This is something we did together. They created the music. I created majority uh, all the lyrics and majority of the melodies. I, we, we did some together. It was, a, it was a work in progress, the way a band works. Right. And, and you know, for you personally, you did challenge yourself vocally and we'll get into that on some of the songs sure. a little later, but there are some new nuances that I've never heard from you. And I only own about a hundred of your records. So, you know, it's like, you're missing you about four, you're missing about a, a four fifths of it then. That's the idea behind it. I, 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 I look at it as uh, I kind of, I like to use Van Halen as the, um, as a, if you're going to use a, a subject or a, a comparison, when Van Halen got Hagar, they weren't just taking off what they did in 1984, Fair Warning. They re, kind of reinvented them for what they sound like with Hagar. And then they moved up from there and kept more extensions. They, there was stuff that, just as you said, there was stuff that Hagar did with them that I hadn't heard him do before on his own, on his own solo stuff. And that just naturally evolved based on the chemistry of the band and the creativity of the band. I got to do things on this album that I wouldn't normally think of doing only because it fit this band. And, and that's exactly to, to answer or to extend on what you just said. Right on. Now, how does pavement get involved? Is it Tim King? Did you, does somebody know Tim King or was it somebody else at pavement? I mean, how did pavement get involved in this? On the business end, I, I, I kind of, I haven't really been part of, I mean, I, I left that to those guys in for all intents and purposes, it's the it started with the voters. It's their band. Okay. It was their idea to make an album uh, of just make an album for them to have different singers. They got the first singer that signed on was Scott Weiland. He, it was his decision and his suggestion. They turned it into a band, and he'd be the primary singer. And then he exited before they could even do anything. So the, it wasn't really even supposed to be a band, but it is the voters baby it's, it's it's their little baby that they put together and that first album was only supposed to be something just for them that they were hey guys we want to just make our own dream record with a bunch of different singers it evolved into a band so we look at it as it starts with them it's their band and we we're basically here to help them create the vision of what this band should sound like Right on, man. Well, dude, obviously, you know, several of you, uh, I think everybody but the voters has, has the other commitments, other places, you know, right. obviously you and Tony have TSO every single year and Bumblefoot is, you know, everywhere as he always is, you know, what is that going to do to you guys' ability to grow this as a band and tour and, and those things, is it going to limit you or you guys have significant holes that you've plotted out to, you know, to fit things in. Yeah. Well, I mean, to, to answer that, it's, 
it's an easy answer. Ron is doing just as much stuff as I am, but he's not necessarily committed to the same as me. I'm not really committed to something else. I mean, Sons of Apollo is dormant, but we'll, we'll talk about that. We're not going to be going out and doing anything with that anytime soon, but I'm not really touring with anybody else. Besides the thing I do with Jason Beeler, I'm not doing JSS albums and tours like I used to back in the day. Wet never toured. I'm not doing it's the art of anime is really my only band at the moment. Okay. And and the same with Ron. He's doing bits and bobs here and there. But Whom God's Destroy is the only other thing he's really doing as a band. And I don't know if they're actually set for touring, especially because Dino's the one that's actually out there blowing up the world with Jalusic. So right. we I don't think there's any real uh, distractions keeping us from going out there and going out for a full, full year and then starting another album and do another year. The the actual, for us, it's all about resonating. We want to make sure the album resonates, number one, and number two, we want to make sure that there's a demand to come and see us. Because the last thing, I'm so sick of making a record and booking a tour, assuming and hoping people like the record and people are going to show up. There have been a couple of tours in my the, my, the past years where we went under that assumption and you're like, oh, we shouldn't have gone out. We should have waited to see if the, the album resonated first and if people really wanted to see us. So we're kind of using that idea with uh, with this whole Art of Anarchy um, the, the situation, rather. Um, it's The band's been gone for so many years. Right. Now all of a sudden they just drop the ball. Here, the band is back. And we got a new singer. It's not immediate. It's not an immediate, like, we got to get the tour. We got to do this. We got to, we want to make sure that people want us. We want to make sure people like the record and want to see us. And then we're happy to go out there and play for a year and a half. If we have to, we want to, we just right. want to make sure that people want it to. What has the initial um, taste been that you've heard back? The initial reaction has it been, I, everybody I've talked to is, is very positive about it. What's the, what are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, the, the, all I can go by is what Pavement sends us. They, they send us. We're, we're killing on radio. We're getting a lot of great radio things going on, which is really difficult this day and age because who listens to radio anymore? Everything's right. you know, it's on streaming, or people don't want to listen to a DJ or listen to somebody else's choice. When now you can just make your own playlist, and you have weeks and weeks without any commercial interruptions. So, radio is it, it's still important, and we're still happy to get that. But uh, the other thing is streaming. You know, we, we can't base sales anymore like we used to. We're you and I are old school. We we mm-hmm. say uh, album has to go gold. We have to sell hundred thousand, five hundred thousand copies. You can't base it off that anymore because people just aren't buying physical products. A band like Art of Anarchy is more contemporary. They they came from the world where streaming was more dominant in rock. So the the actual physical sales aren't what they used to be and i'm still getting used to it i'm i said hey do you have our new cd I'm like no but i have you on my pl- spotify yeah. playlist <laughs> so you know you, you trade one for the other and from that i think the responses are going great that's great man well dude let's do this let's take a little break here let's sure. um let's give people a taste of some art of anarchy let's um, i figured we'd start with the vilified video cool video has Thank a nice you. little little movie theme to it sort of thing absolutely that's what i love about it and people people when we first released it i was getting hey what movie is this when is that movie coming i'm like that's our music video dude <laughs> that's no movie it just looks like i mean cuba gooding jr just he just slays in it. He doesn't have to say a word in the video, and he just you you feel that performance. It's it's real. Right on. Well, let's check it out right now. This is Vilified. It is Art of Anarchy from the Let There Be Anarchy release, and it is Chris Aiken presents. You said I cried. 
back here on Chris Aiken Presents. We are talking with the man himself, Mr. Jeff Scott Soto. Uh, brand new band, or not, I guess not brand new band, but brand new band for Jeff. Um, Art of Anarchy, new releases out there now. Let there be anarchy. And Jeff, let's let's dig into the record a little bit. I always try to, and I've done this. We're gonna have another Archer of Anarchy beef stick. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. You dig into the meat stick, I'll dig into the record. How's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> First, first thing I always like to do is talk about what is my favorite song. And this one to me is very easy on this record. Mm. Um, I love the tune blind man's victory. Great song deeper in the record. And Mm. like we were saying before, it's one of those places where you do some different things with your voice that, that I really enjoy. You know, I really enjoy the fact that you, you do two things. One, you, you kind of stretch some notes in a way that I've never heard you do before. And then the other thing that I hear is that you're doing some of the sons of Apollo stuff a little bit with the yes and stuff in there that, that snuck up on us with um SOA. So talk a little bit about this song. Well, to be honest with you, there's, I mean, well, first of all, thank you because it's, it's always interesting to find what resonates with people. I know what my favorites are on the, on the record, personal favorites, but um, it's uh, one of the things I really love about, especially this band, it's just something I, I pride myself on. I did a lot of it, even with Sound of Apollo, is being able to take the same song and change my voice up maybe two or even three times. You'll, you'll get the kind of sultry or emotional kind of um, almost ballady feel to something, and then it just kicks your ass. It just knocks you in the head, and you just go from extreme to almost like frolicking with the dan- and in the dandelions kind of vibe. Um, and that's what I get to do a lot of with Art of Anarchy. I get to really change, like a flip switch on the voice. Like a guitar player has, they go from clean to distorted sound and, and pick the pickups and all that kind of stuff. I like doing those little flips with my own voice. Um, it, it, like for that song, for instance, it's I, I do a lot of that in there. And you're saying I'm, I'm using some of my little tricks from Sons of Apollo that that's not necessarily from that band. That's just that. That's me naturally. I was doing that stuff with Soto. Um, I was doing that with other things that maybe you hadn't heard, maybe from sessions and all the things. I thought, you know, I'm going to use that. that. That came out kind of cool. I'm going to use that, utilize it, not use it, utilize it for other things that I'm doing. There's, there's, there's little things that have happened and have come through the past, I'm going to say 10 years that I didn't have in my arsenal early on and those are the things i'm really drawing from now because you you got to keep changing it up you got to find new and interesting ways to stay relevant not only to the people but to yourself instead of just you can't keep repeating yourself over and over and over because obviously it's going to get boring you're going to go yeah okay heard it done that you got to find new ways of keeping it interesting especially for the diehard fans been there for the past 40 years with me right on man Dude, the other one, and this is an easy one, because uh, it's a straight burner, Dying Days. Great record, great song, fast, you know, pretty pretty standard, it. but pretty rocking, man. And that middle section before the guitar solo, I swear to God, that that could have been uh, from a Sons of Apollo piece. Every time I hear it, like, that is so classic Bumblefoot writing right there, that, that sliding kind of really deep, heavy, uh, it's so kick-ass. I love that song. Right on. So, so man, when you guys get ready, I know you're getting ready to go out on tour and we will talk about that. Um, how, how do you pick a set list for this? Do you, 
do you do the standard thing where you take the old songs and three new ones, or do you do mostly these new ones that you're involved in and two or three of the ones from previously? It makes no sense for us to go out there and be an Art of Anarchy tribute band. There's no way we're going to do only the old stuff and throw in some, a, a couple of new ones. We'll save that for later when we have three or four albums under our belts and, and we have to pick and choose from the early ones versus the newer ones. As far as we're concerned, it's exactly how you started the interview. It's a new old band or it's an old new band. You have to treat it as such. We want people to understand and accept and resonate the new version of this band. So the only way we're going to do that is to make sure that we're giving them everything. I think we're going to do almost every song from the record and the live show, but we're also going to do quite a bit from the first two records. It's not going to be a short show, but it's also going to be a complete show because that's what this band deserves. I don't want to go out there and shortchange their older fans. I'm a fan of their, their older stuff. So, of course, I'm, I'm excited to sing that stuff as much as I'm excited to sing the new ones. Right on. So tell us about the tour. I know you have some dates coming up here fairly quickly. Uh, tell us um, what when those start and what people can expect. I, I keep... I keep uh, I keep reprimanding people. It's not a tour. I mean, of course it is a tour, but I look at, when you say the word tour, I think of six weeks. I think of a month. I think of at least 30 shows. We're doing eight shows. I I can't call that a tour just yet, especially in the U S if you're doing doing eight shows in Japan, that's a tour. Okay. Right. Of course I'm joking, but I'm I'm being silly about it. It's for me. We're We're just getting our feet wet. This, the band has been kind of sitting for seven or eight years they haven't been out and played together live in a long time so for us to just now release an album and immediately try to book a tour and and hope that we're ready to tour hope we know each other where to stand where to, how, how do i move on this one do i move too much i'm not going to be winded we need to find our legs we need to we need to learn each other on stage we need to learn our chemistry we need to get kind of our feet wet and that's exactly what we're doing we we threw we threw out eight dates to show people it's real, to show people that we're, we're promoting the record, but it's more for us to okay. find our legging. And then from there, once the, the album resonates, people want us, a tour will be booked and then we'll follow with it the, the real and uh, you know, the general way. What do you envision a, a club tour or, or is hooking on with somebody, you know, disturbed or somebody to, it makes it like big. We would love to, yeah, we'd love to, to piggyback on a big tour because as far as I'm concerned, the, the, the more people that see you, the better odds you're going to pick up. Even if we're picking up somebody else's audience, I would love to do that. But, but we can only take what we can get. You know, if if things start moving and the, the needle starts moving towards uh, people wanting the band, we might get offers to do some more things. And I would love to do it. Festivals, obviously, you get to play in front of more people. But sure. if it only it turns out to be a club tour, so be it. We everybody has to start somewhere. And I've started somewhere for the past 40 years, so I, I'd be willing and ready to do it again. But what I'm not going to do is go out and play in front of 25 people. You book a tour with a, you know, with, with a, a short, with, there's more staff at the club than there are actually people that show up. That's where I'm staying home. Right. I don't blame you, man. Well, <laughs> well, dude, following your career, you need a stopwatch pretty much. It seems like there's a new something announced damn near every day. And there was today, at least for me. Yeah. What is DeLuna? Well, DeLuna is, a, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I want to give them a little plug. It was yet another thing that came about during the lockdown. I did many a session, many an album. A lot of things I didn't 
even think were going to be albums, like the Allison Soto. We were writing songs that turned into a release. But I did a lot of things during the lockdown. One, to stay alive, and two, to, to get to, as I said earlier, the, the therapeutic side of being stuck at home. Right. And uh, DeLuna came to me uh, to, to my friend Philip Bino, he's a player for Vi and Fire. He, he told me about this guy that uh, he kind of gave me a quick little backstory. Um, I said, sure, I'll check it out. I talked to David and uh, he gave me a bigger backstory. And I loved I loved what, why he was doing this. But the passion of why he was doing it made me want to do it more than just another session or just so I can put some extra money in my pocket. And then when I heard the songs, it was next level. I loved the music. I loved what he was doing musically. And uh, and I said, man, I'm, I'm all in. So I, I wrote all the lyrics for the record for him. I wrote all the melodies. He gave me the themes. He, he Every song he said, he said, I want it to be about this. And he would give me like a whole subject matter. And that's great for me because I don't have to actually come up with the concept as well as the lyrics. When you give me a concept, the lyrics write themselves. The melodies write themselves. And so that's exactly how we did that record. He finally mixed it and released it independently. You know, he, he basically got a, like a box of you know, like 500 CDs, boxes of CDs, and, and he ended up with 490 of them in his, in his garage. He wasn't selling them. Nobody really knew about it. And it was just by chance, you know, my, my, my wife was listening to the album and she goes, what's this? I go, oh, it's one of the many things I did during the, the lockdown. And, right. You know, they kept the electricity on. <laughs> and she goes, this is really good. People need to hear this. <laughs> and I said, you know what? You're right. So I pulled a, a few emails, and uh, next thing you know, I, I was able to get him a deal to get it released, and here it is. Timing's not the, the greatest the birth to come out when I'm promoting the, the, the you know the uh, Let There Be Anarchy album, right? But in it, in, in a way, it kind of does. I mean, we're talking about it now because we're actually talking about a different album. So I guess it kind of hand in hand works for him. Yeah. But yeah, it's a great record. David's a great guy, a lot of heart. He uh, never got to do what he always dreamed of doing, and this is this is his way of finally getting it done. If he never does it again, he can say he did it. Right on, man. Well, Jeff, before we wrap this up, let's talk about two different people that we both know, and you know better than me, but but we both know them, and they are just exploding right now. We'll start with your protege, uh, Dino. Dino Jalusic. Obviously, he the Jalusic record is phenomenal. Is yeah. A, Man record is great. So is the Whom Gods Destroy record, you know, with obviously former guys that you've worked with as well. How happy are you seeing this go for Dino, the guy that you kind of introduced to the world? Well, I wish I could take credit. The only thing I could take credit for is something that ended up being kind of a three-year downfall for him, which obviously with without going to names and everything, um, I got him introduced to the label I work with for many years and it didn't work out that right. situation. And he was kind of, uh, shackled for a few years, but that's what I'm most excited to see that he's unshackled and he's, he's going out there. And, and during that time, he built such a name for himself, even though he thinks he, he was, he lost a lot of time. I think during that time, it actually built more momentum for him because now you're seeing the result of that. Dino's one of the most incredible singers I've heard in a long time. Oh, yeah. He's an old soul. His, his voice and his energy and his the vibe that happens in his voice, it's it, it, it's a throwback, man. It goes back to the 70s and to the 80s. But he's a young guy, and he's he's getting it done, and he's one of my favorite singers out there today. And I, I'm so proud 
not only to be his friend, but to actually watch him grow and watch him become the, the next legend. I mean, he's that kid's going to be a legend someday. Right. And, and obviously to be doing it alongside with Derek and Ron is even, it's, it's great too, just to see an extension of the people I work with that he gets to now do that as well as Julius. It's fantastic. Absolutely. And then the other one, you want to talk about a rising star, um, our, our mutual friend, Mariah. I mean, yeah. literally watching her take over the world is amazing. It's, it's an amazing, cool thing. Not necessarily because of the talent, because obviously the talent's there, but she's right. also the sweetest person in the world, which makes it even more fun to see that sure. it's not somebody that's an asshole, you know? Right. <laughs> she's great. And, and I've gotten, gotten a good chance to know her from the two TSO tours we've done together. Um, we, we knew each other through Twitter when she was on The Voice and doing her thing because she's she was obviously uh, friends with a lot of my friends from Michael Sweet and so on. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, now that I, I spent two months with her on the road, she's an actual bonafide friend. And I look at her as a, a female version of Dino in terms of their level of intensity, the level of talent. And as you said, the level of taking over the world, they're, they're, they're both exploding in terms of uh, people looking at those two young people and just going, geez, they, they're doing it the way we used to do it back in the day. And they're really getting it done. Well, Jeff, let's wrap this one up. Um, we're going to play the video for Die Hard to wrap this one up. But before we do that, let's get to the plugs, because with, especially with your career that has so many facets, we need to tell people where to go to keep up with everything that not only that you're doing now, but that you have done. Because like like me, who's a diehard fan, people have missed a lot of stuff. So where should we tell people to go to find out everything they've missed and to keep up with Art of Anarchy and you and DeLuna and everything else? Wait, you're a diehard fan. Is that a, the diehard your fan of the song, the video, or you're a diehard JSS fan? Yes and yes. Die Hard is, you know, <laughs> you're going to play a video called Die Hard, so I need to know which one you're a fan of. Me or the damn song? I'm just kidding. Um, uh, which one should I say? I'll say you. I was talking with you, Chris. <laughs> I know. I know. No, it's, you know what? My my um, my website's been kind of um, not necessarily kept up. It, it's a, a good buddy of mine runs it. He 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 was more behind it back in the day. He's got a life now. That's just he's just so removed from being able to just do all my lame little things that. Um, at least he was able to connect my socials to it. So I would direct people in my socials because that's every day up to date. That's the most up to date version of what to get of where I'm at, what I'm doing, et cetera. And obviously the same thing with Artomanarchy. Uh the website's not necessarily moving and jumping and, and leaping new grounds. It's the, the socials are where you get the, the state of the art right there happening uh ideas. So we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, all the obvious. All right. Well, dude, let's wrap it up with Die Hard, another killer song from Let There Be Anarchy. And um, Jeff, as always, man, it's great chatting with you. And it's um, always great having you here on Chris Aker Presents. Hey, I'm a Die Hard fan, Chris. So let's play Die Hard. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs>
Do you have the idea for a great podcast, but don't have the space or equipment to produce one? Don't wait another minute. Audio Bay Studios is the best place to produce and stream your podcast live. With 4K cameras, professional equipment and more, Audio Bay Podcasting Studio is the best place to showcase your great ideas. Call us today at 440-539-1150 for more information and to book your podcasting session with Audio Bay Podcasting Studio. Call today.